Anybody excited about living right? Thankful, amen, for the revelation, insight to know how to live. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you know how to live, you know what? Dying ain't, ain't such a problem. Amen. Some things is worth dying over. Hallelujah. A lot of people's dying for some un, unlost causes. But I want to die for the right cause. The cause is Jesus Christ and the gospel. Amen. To be what the Lord wants us to be. Hey, I enjoyed both of these songs tonight when they got to sing it even at first. You get to think about it. Amen. He's above all. He's sitting on the circle of the earth. In fact, one of the first things that come in my mind was he put every serpent and every adder under our feet. Hallelujah. Amen. He is God Almighty. He is a king. Hallelujah. And he's ruling and reigning in the affairs of hallelujah I'm believing and trusting in him tonight man I'm just excited to have brother Jacob to us here tonight going to preach to us call me Monday and man I didn't even hesitate I said yes sir come on we'll be glad to have you come preach for us and whatever you feel in the Lord and feel in the Holy Ghost and I've been praying for him I don't know if he needed or not you know but I figured hey I'll do my part and I prayed for him and asked God to anoint him so whatever God's anoint you with you preach it if it's to me if it's to the pastor you got to dismiss everybody that's all right I want revival in Bendale. I'm willing to pay whatever price it's going to take. But we got bet we got revival in Bendale, Mississippi. I'm telling you right now, Amen. The devil, by the way, get ready. It's going to be a fight. Hallelujah! I'm telling you, we in it. Hallelujah! You do with it whatever you want to on this Wednesday I'm telling you right now, Amen. In this service, you'll be right as hill and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Woo. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. God bless him. Love you, man. Preach to us. Man, while you're clapping your hands, why don't you lift your voice to Jesus? If he's been good to you, why don't you praise him with a loud voice right now? With no, I know we're used to praising him while the music's playing, but with no music, with no drums, no piano, would you just take a moment and praise the name of the Lord? But he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, please forgive me for my voice. I'm not sick. It's just good church. And uh, I reckon that's the best kind of sore throat you can have. And uh, the Holy Ghost is still good. I want to give honor tonight. Pastor Moore, and I have not known him long, but I have known him long enough to know that I like him, and uh, I appreciate him and his love for truth and love for revival. Amen. We need it right now more than we've ever needed before. There's a lot of people singing a sad song, but I'm going to tell you what, I don't have a sad song to sing. In spite of everything that's happened, God's still been good. And last I checked, he was still on the throne. And on top of that, he was in control. Yes, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible reads, Now there was a certain man of Ramathium Zotham, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeph, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. 
And when the time was come that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and all her sons and daughters portions. And verse 5 is where I want to draw your attention to tonight. The Bible says, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Amen. If God will help us tonight, I want to preach to us a very simple thought that the Lord has given me, barren but still blessed. Barren but still blessed. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands and your voices to heaven and asking God to move in this place. God, we love you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. God, there's nobody like you in heaven or on earth. God, you're so good to your people. You never fail. You never come up short. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to help us in this house tonight. Give your people strength to go another day. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay. Help me, God, to deliver your word to your good people. In Jesus' name we pray. And one more time, would you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, while you're clapping your hands, lift your voice again unto the Lord if he's been good to you. Oh, come on, you ought to lift your voice to Jesus if he's been good to you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. I promise I'll get going here in a little bit. I'm just I'm, I'm waiting on my anointing to catch up. I left it back there a little while. I'm kidding. One thing that I would like to point out on the onset, what I'm going to say tonight, is that this woman, Hannah, is not the first person that the Bible has ever listed with the word and connected the word barren with. We go through scripture, we find Sarah, Rebecca's daughter, and Rebecca, her daughter in law, and then Rachel, which is Rebecca's daughter in law. All are referenced in the biblical term with the word barren. And then you see a large gap in biblical history to where there is no barrenness until you come to Hannah. Hannah, as we know from our scripture text tonight, is married to a man named Elkanah. And what we can find in study is that Elkanah was a man of great power and stature. And because he was this man, it would be evident of the culture of that day for him to have many children. Many children were a sign of power. And it's not just a cultural thing, but the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 127 that children are an inheritance from the Lord. And so this man, Elkanah, has children by one of his wives named Penina, and Hannah, his other wife, has no children. You can read on through 1 Samuel chapter 1, and you will find that Penina tormented Hannah, hailing the insults at her and promoting herself because she was productive. But what Penina did not realize is that while Elkanah came to her for children, he went to Hannah for company. And while Penina was productive, Hannah was preferred. Can I preach to you on a Wednesday night in Bendale, Mississippi, that I would rather be preferred than productive 
live any day of the week. I'd rather have the favor of God over all the finance in the world. I'd rather have the favor of God over all the friends in the world. I know I might not be everything you want me to be, honey, but let me just tell you something on a Wednesday night. I got the favor of God on my life, and if I've got God's favor, that's enough for me. I don't need all the fame and fortune. Just give me favor. I don't need people to know who I am. Just give me the favor of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Can I just preach it where we are right now? Can I preach it to this Pentecostal apostolic church in Bendale, Mississippi? When people drive by, all they see is a little brick and mortar building, and it don't really look like a whole lot to man's point of view. There's a dozen churches up and down this road, and this is just another building. But what they don't realize is while the other ones might be productive, we're preferred. While the other ones might have bigger buildings, uh, might have nicer carpet, uh, honey, uh, you can have all that. Uh, I want the glory of God uh, in our midst. Uh, thank God for nice churches. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what right now. I'd rather be under an old brush arbor uh, feeling the spirit of the almighty God. Uh, I'd rather be preferred uh, than productive. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can imagine Penina told Hannah, look at yourself. You're never going to accomplish anything because you're not productive. Can I preach to somebody here today that the voice of the enemy has been sitting on your shoulder and telling you you'll never be anything for God because you're not productive. You're right, devil. I might not be everything that I should be, but thank God I'm still preferred. I can hear the voice of the adversary saying to someone in this house tonight, you're never going to make a difference in the world because you're not productive. Honey, I don't have to make a difference in the world. I just got to make a difference in my world. All I got to do is walk in favor all I gotta do is walk I gotta walk with him and as long as I walk with him everything will be alright hallelujah what Penina did not realize is while Hannah was just happy being preferred is God was gonna send her to a man of God named Eli and things were going to begin to turn around. Hannah kept going to church, happy just being preferred. And the day came where everything began to change. And in her barren season, while she continued to live for God, God said, I'm going to bless you even in your barrenness because you kept going when everybody else threw in the towel. Can I tell you tonight, just keep doing what makes God happy. Don't worry about what people say because they're not your savior. Don't worry about their opinion. That really doesn't matter because the truth is it's the closer you get to what God is wanting to give you, the more haters you're going to have that try to attach themselves to you. But you got to know that the bigger the vision you have, the more enemies you're going to have, brother Moore. The bigger vision of revival, the more haters are going to be there. But I've made 
made up my mind a long time ago that my haters will not dictate my hallelujah. My haters will not dictate my hope. My doubters are not going to convince me that God has denied me of revival because my blessing might be delayed, but thank God it's not denied. I'll still got God's favor. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear me right now. You've been walking around living for God mad because nothing's going your way. And this ain't what you had in mind. But can I tell you tonight that the miraculous never comes from what you had in mind? God never works with what you got in mind. So you can just throw your little preconceived notion of how God's got to work for you out the door. God knows how to work through barrenness. We always expect it. God, help me, Jesus. I feel like preaching this right now. We always expect the miracle to come from the gold. But, honey, gold never brought a miracle. But I tell you what did bring a miracle. Glory did. You find it in the Bible. It was time and time again. Men kept looking for it in riches and gold and silver and brass and bronze. But God never brought a miracle through any of that. He brought it through the favor of his glory. That's what I want to be. God, wherever the glory's at, that's where favor is. And if I can walk in the favor, if I can walk in the glory, I know everything will be all right. Hallelujah. And so this is what makes this so ironic here. Hannah's story is intriguing to me. Simply because, as I stated just a few moments ago, Hannah is not the first person that's ever dealt with barrenness. I'm just to hurt somebody's feelings, but I'm going to do it in the Holy Ghost, okay? Well, it got real quiet. You must have tender feelings. <laughs> Hannah doesn't deal with things. She's not the first person. To ever go through this. But what makes Hannah unique. Is she's the first person to go through it. The way she goes through it. You see Sarah was barren. And she got her handmaid involved. And tried to go around God. Rachel was barren. And got and tried to go around God. While everybody was trying to go around God. Not Hannah. Hannah doesn't go around God. Hannah goes to God. See, you keep trying, oh, help me, Jesus. I feel a meddling spirit all over me right now. You keep trying to get around God so that you can get your miracle. But Sarah, if you keep trying to live the miracle through somebody else's life, you're never going to have an Isaac, which means laughter and joy. And so you'll spend the rest of your life chasing and looking for the miracle in places that God never intended the miracle to come from. That's why, oh, help me, Lord. I'm going to help Brother Moore right here. That a lot of people want another counseling session because, well, it, it's not happening. I, I came to church, and I thought it was supposed to happen this way. It's because you keep trying to go around God and not go to God. You keep trying to make it happen yourself. Listen to me, honey. Miracles don't just happen. It has to be a God thing. Blessings don't just happen. It has to be a God thing. And the only way you find the blessing is if 
if you learn how to live for God uh, in the barrenness, uh, you will never find the miracle uh, while you're sitting up on the king's robe uh, with all the money in your pocket. Uh, you'll only find the miracle when you're in the barren season. Uh, Hannah, the only way it's going to come uh, is if you keep going to God. Hannah doesn't let what people think affect her. She just keeps going to God. Hannah, don't let what people say affect her. She just keeps going to God. And while everybody else, oh, help me, Lord, says, well, maybe I can find it at another church. Maybe I can find another pastor that will tell me what I want to hear. I'm preaching to somebody right now, and you don't even like it, but it'll be all right. I'm going to preach to you anyway. You, you, you can go from place to place and place to place to place to place trying to find somebody that'll tell you what you want to hear. But let me tell you something. When you find somebody uh, that'll tell you what you want to hear, uh, you'll end up just like Sarah and just like Rachel living the miracle through somebody else's womb. Uh, but can I tell you uh, that when the miracle comes from someone else's womb, it doesn't have your identity. It doesn't have your DNA. And so the miracle don't look like you and it don't walk like you and it don't talk like you because you live the miracle through somebody else's life but if you can figure out Hannah how to bring yourself to the altar while everybody else tried to go around it and you just go and you pray and you go with a made up mind that I'm going to keep living for God even through the barrenness that's where the miracle happens Hannah just does what she knew to do. Now, and, and here's the part we don't preach about. We preach about the fact that she had the child. We preach about the fact that she got the prophetic word. But here's the part you don't want to hear. Hannah went to church and kept doing what she knew to do. And Penina went right beside her. See, we, I, I don't know who preached it. Who got us started on this mess that once you get the Holy Ghost, all your problems disappear. But that's false. That don't happen. I wish I could figure out whoever that was. I'd punch them in the mouth. Because the Bible, the Bible teaches a different. It tells us that it rains on the just and the unjust. And that time and chance happeneth to us all. And so we've got this thing that just because I come to church and just because I talk in tongues and just because I dress holy that the devil doesn't have a right to mess with me. But let me just tell you something. Hannah went to church and the devil went to church with her. I'll take it a step farther. Hannah went to the altar and the devil went to the altar with her. Hannah brought of her offering unto the Lord, and Penina brought an offering too. You see, everything that brings an offering and dances and shouts and talks in tongues isn't necessarily holy. Well, I'm meddling good now. Hannah, you got to keep doing what you know to do. Hannah goes to the house of the Lord. Hannah continues to live for God, and the devil keeps on as a thorn in her flesh. Telling her that she'll never be anything. But Hannah just keeps living for God with the, uh, through the barren season. I imagine that Penina, again, I know the Bible tells us that she persecuted her. Can you, can you put yourself in Hannah's shoes just for a moment as Penina's standing beside her? 
They're getting ready to offer up lambs for a sacrifice. And, and Penina says, Hannah, don't you wish that you had five or six lambs? Because I have five or six children to signify each and every one of them. And I can picture Hannah turning around and saying, honey, I'd rather be chosen and childless than fruitful and forgotten any day of the week. I'd just rather have the favor of God. Hannah never stopped doing what she was doing. She kept going to church. She kept praying it through. Her problem was still there, but she didn't let it deter her. That's the problem. We got too many sissy Christians. But think just because, man, Lord, help me, Jesus. Think just because it didn't happen the way you thought it was that now all of a sudden it's God's fault. Honey, God don't owe you nothing. If he never works another miracle or never opens another door, honey, he's already done enough. And so what you need to understand is that it's not my job to figure out what's going to happen. It's just my job to live for God through it. And so, can, can, can I just, can I dissect this? Can I break this and un, unpack it here a little bit, Brother Moore? Can I, can I take my time tonight? And I, I don't want to feel rushed. I, I know y'all are not rushing me, but I, I promise. I know you got to get up and go to work in the morning, and I'm going to respect that. But just let me, let me unbox this here for a little bit. This is also where we at. We, 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 we unbalanced people. Some of us think that just because it, it, it didn't happen the way that we thought it should then that means that God, I don't have God's favor. And some of us think that it, it should have just disappeared when I prayed through. And the other side says, okay, you just got to live for God and get rid of all your feelings. Suck it up, buttercup. And just keep on living and keep on believing. But you read your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 6 through 19. The Bible makes some mention of some of the emotions and hardships that Hannah had. And see, so here's the, the, here's the thing. We've preached it that it's not okay to cry. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Am I helping you? It's not okay to be hurt. It's not okay. You, you just got to toughen up. But the Bible tells us in just a few, I, I think it was just 13 verses, uh, the Bible makes mention that she was provoked, uh, that she wept, she was so bitter that she did not eat. She had sorrow. She was grieved. Again, she was bitter. She was afflicted and she was accused. The problem is not uh, that we have emotions. God is okay with us having emotions. Uh, the problem comes in uh, when when we let our emotions dictate the way that we live for God. Because when you read about Hannah, you'll find out that she was provoked, but that didn't stop her praise. And she did weep, but that didn't stop her worship. And she was hungry, but it didn't stop her hallelujah. And she did have sorrow, but it didn't stop her from shouting. And she was afflicted, but it didn't stop her from showing affection. You see, the problem wasn't the emotion. She understood that my emotion cannot stop me from getting to the master's hand and getting his attention. I'm not going to let my emotions get me here and make me die in the middle of my valley in my barrenness. But I made up in my mind I'm hurt, but I'm going to praise him while I'm hurt. I'm wounded, but I'm going to worship wounded. I've been abused, but I'm going to keep lifting up the name of the Lord while I'm abused. And so again, this is what makes Hannah so unique. 
Everybody else lets their emotions. I know I'm taking a little while to unbox this, but just hang with me for a little bit. Emotions, everybody else has let them run their life. Hannah doesn't do that. Sarah, Rachel, Rebecca, they all let the emotions get in the way of what God is wanting to do. And this is what happens when you let your emotions run you. And you let what you feel. You, you know, the, the greatest deception in the Bible was when somebody with what went with what they felt instead of what they knew. He said, you feel like Esau, but I know that voice. You sound like Jacob. And so the problem is, is we let what we feel override what we hear. And so Pastor Moore can get up and preach that you're going to make it and everything's going to be all right. And God's going to give you victory. Is this all right tonight? That God's going to give you victory and God, God's going to put the enemy under your feet. And you can hear all of that, but you'll walk back out those doors and you'll go with what you feel rather than what you heard. And the next thing you know, you end up giving away stuff to places it wasn't designed to go to. And so we see he starts giving away blessings to Jacob instead of Esau. And so Hannah, she, she doesn't let what she hears or what she feels affect what she knows in her heart and what she's heard. Sarah listens to all the people around her talking and Rachel listens to all the people around her talking and it affects them. But Hannah, if you learn how to live for God in the barrenness, I'll bring you to a place. Okay, again, remember, she's not the first person that's been through this, but she goes through it in a different way than everybody else has. Everybody else gets the, the handmaid involved, but not Hannah. Hannah just keeps on being thankful. Hannah just keeps on living for God. And when Sarah finally has a child, Sarah only has one. Rachel finally gets the blessing, and it's only two. But Hannah, you didn't do it the way they did it. And you go read your Bible through 1 Samuel, and you'll find that Hannah had another five children besides Samuel. Hannah, when you live for God in the way that nobody else has lived for God, you walk through. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, honey, but you're not the first person to ever fight depression. You're not the first person to ever fight bitterness, and God forbid, but you're not the first person that's ever been hurt by ministry. You're not the first person that's ever got your toes stepped on. And you're not the first person uh, that somebody walked out of their life uh, and abused you uh, and made you feel like nobody cared. Uh, but when you learn how to walk through that uh, like nobody else has ever walked through it, Hannah, I'm going to bless you in a way uh, that nobody else has ever been blessed. Uh, because when Sarah only gets one uh, and Rachel only gets two, uh, I'm going to bless you five times greater uh, than anybody else. Uh, somebody ought to be encouraged in here tonight uh, because you know uh, even though you've been through some stuff uh, you kept worshiping uh, while you wept uh, and you recognize uh, that if I'll just keep going uh, and living for God uh, in the barren season uh, there's a blessing uh, on the other side of this uh, like nobody else uh, has ever seen uh, I'm going to be blessed financially uh, like nobody else uh, I'm going to be blessing my family uh, like nobody else I'm going to be blessed in the, in the field and in the city in my storehouse when I go out and when I come in because I learned how to live for God in the barren season. See, here's the thing. I, I, now, look, 
I don't know as, brother, as much as Brother Moore. He's been doing this a long time. I'm only 29 years old, but I started preaching when I was nine years old. I've seen a whole lot of stuff in a short amount of time. I, my dad is an evangelist. I traveled just about my whole life. I started traveling when I was eight years old, and it's about all I know. But I've seen a lot of stuff in 20 years that showed me that there's a lot of people that don't make it because they don't have a relationship with God. They just got a relationship with God's stuff. And so as long as God, that we, we've got this, this government mentality of God, that as long as God's doling out the peace, and as long as God's giving joy, and as long as God's blessing my family, and as long as finances are there, I, but the moment that stuff starts rolling out, I, when I don't have God's stuff, I lose my shout all of a sudden. Can I tell you that if that's you tonight, you need to grow up. Because the stuff is not what's going to get you from here to there. The stuff is not what's going to give you the ability uh, to when you get to the other side uh, and you hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me tell you something. Uh, stuff didn't get you there. Living for God in the barrenness uh, is what got you there. Uh, I'm thankful for all the blessings, uh, but if I don't have the blessings, uh, I've got to be spiritually mature enough uh, to keep coming to church uh, and saying, though he slay me, uh, yet will I trust in him. Uh, oh, he might walk away but I'm never walking away he might turn his back on me but I'm not turning my back on him because I know I can be blessed in my barrenness and this woman Hannah changes you hear me this little old woman changes the entire dynamic from 1st Samuel chapter 1 until revelations comes and the last amen is spoken. The entire Bible is changed because of her. Hey, I don't believe that preacher will just sit back a minute and let me unbox it. This woman has a son who we know, Samuel, who grows up to become one of the greatest prophets, in my opinion, of the Old Testament. And Samuel begins to prophesy as God has him do. There comes a day that the people ask for a king, and he anoints that king. He anoints him. Boy, I wish I had time to preach about it. It's, it's important who anoints you. Because he anoints the king, Saul, because the people wanted him to anoint him. That was the people's idea. But you see, time goes on, and Saul starts falling, and Saul starts failing God. And Brother Moore, that's when the Bible says that God speaks and says, now you go anoint David because I said so. See, when people, oh, help me, Jesus. When people anoint you, you will follow. But when God anoints you, there's a, the anointing will destroy the yoke and you'll make it all right. And so he, 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 he spoke and he takes, he takes a cow with him. He takes a heifer and he goes down to Bethlehem, to Jesse's house. He's told by God, go down there and anoint the next king of Israel. Saul, I, I'm sick of messing with him. I don't want to do anything with him no more. I've tried. I've preached. I've sent prophets. I've sent dreams and nothing changes him. And so anoint me a new king. And so he, he walks into Jesse's house. Watch this. Watch now. He walks into Jesse's house and he sees the first son, Eliab, and he says within himself, surely the hand of the Lord is upon him. Why does he say that? Because Eliab's tall. 
Eliab's dark-headed. Eliab's got pretty teeth. Eliab's strong. Eliab's everything that a king should be. In other sense, Eliab's productive. But what he don't realize is Eliab's not preferred. And so God begins to speak. Now understand who this is. This is the son of the woman that was preferred but not productive. And so he, he begins to talk with God. And God says, Samuel, don't you understand, son, that while everybody else looks on the outside, I look upon the heart of the man. And while Eliab might be strong and Eliab might be tall, he's, he might be productive, but he's not preferred. And you read your Bible. He never checks up for the rest of the brethren. He walks past brother after brother after brother until he gets to the seventh one. And he said, isn't there one? Don't you have one more? And Jesse says, yeah, but he's ready. You know what he was saying, Brother Moore? He ain't productive. About all he's good for is putting in a pasture to watch sheep. And Samuel says, call him to me. And the moment he lays eyes on David, he said, surely the hand of the Lord is upon him. And while Jesse's scratching his head and saying, but, but he can't do this and he can't do that and he's not tall and he's not strong. He's just a little redheaded shrimp and he, he don't have it all together and he's only 13 years old. But what he don't understand uh, is that he's preferred uh, and while all his other brothers are productive, uh, God's not always interested uh, in what productive. Uh, God's interested uh, in what's preferred. Uh, God's in my Mohosiah. God's looking for a David uh, that while all his brothers got it all together, uh, he's sitting in the back of the pasture uh, and while they're productive, uh, he's back there writing songs. Uh, he's back there singing praises uh, under the name of the Lord. Uh, he's back there having a relationship with God. Uh, he's back there knowing uh, that the favor of God uh, is on my life. I'm not looking for productive. I'm looking for preferred. And so watch. The story continues. David grows up and becomes king. He's killed giants. He's the man. Now David's got more money than anybody else in the kingdom. You see, when you learn how to live for God through the barrenness, when you learn how to live for God when you're just preferred, it'll turn around. And you'll end up preferred and productive. And so there comes a day that David decides, we're going to bring the, house, the, the ark of the Lord back to its rightful place. And so he builds a tent. And he, he sets it up. And he calls for the priest. And they go get the ark. And every six paces he stops. And he makes a sacrifice unto the Lord. And David, over this 20-mile journey, Pastor Moore has took off his purple robe. He's took off his crown. And now David is shouting in the streets with the women. As they begin to sing and dance, he's got nothing on but a white linen sheet that's smeared with blood of sacrifice. And Michael looks out the window, and the Bible says she hated him. And this is, this is where we get the story mixed up. I've heard it preached my whole life. I preached it wrong for many of years. We always preach that she hated him because of his worship, but that's not biblically correct. Because you can back up three chapters. When she sees him, 
sitting in her father's den, if you will, in the throne room. And he's playing songs unto the Lord that would drive out evil spirits. The Bible says that Michael in that moment loved David. She knew he was a worshiper when she married him. That was one of the very things. It's the, it, it's the setting that David shows that he's a worshiper that she fell for him. And so she doesn't hate his worship. She gives us the revelation of what she hates when David comes in the door and blood's dripping off of his garments and he's lost all of his he's lost his fine crown and he's lost his purple robe. He's lost everything that identifies him as a king. And she says the words, oh, how glorious was the king who uncovered himself. See, the problem wasn't his worship. The problem was that he had disconnected himself from everything that made everyone think he was productive. In other words, she was in a relationship with his stuff and not with him. So as long as he looked like a king, they could be in a relationship. And as long as he walked like a king, they were in a relationship. And as long as he had the gold crown, they were in the relationship. But the moment he disconnected himself from everything that was productive, uh, she all of a sudden wanted to bail ship. And you know what David's response to her was? It was before the Lord God that chose me before he chose your daddy. In, in short, he was saying, honey, I remember the day when I was just preferred. And you can take all of this stuff and you can shout about it if you want to. But when I, you strip it all down and I've got nothing left but a white linen sheet, I can think back to where God brought me from. And that's plenty enough for me to worship him. That's and I will be more vile than thus tomorrow. You want to know why? Because I serve a God that chose me when nobody else wanted me. I serve a God that chose me when everybody passed by and nobody wanted anything to do with me. I was preferred even though I wasn't productive. And that's why, that's why I shout. Some musicians get ready to come. David had the revelation that if you take my stuff, it don't matter because I'm not in a relationship with the stuff. And so we see that every good king that comes after that has known that he did right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David all because of one woman that learned how to live for God in the barren season. One woman I said, I'm not going to go around God. I'm going to go to God. Can I, can, can I just have just a few more moments? I promise I'm closing right now. But there are people under the sound of my voice right now. You're so frustrated. You're frustrated because this last year took the wind out of you. It seems like it's all you can do to keep your head above water. You realize maybe, just maybe, God took a little bit of stuff away just to see, are you in it for the stuff or are you in it for the relationship? Can you live for me when you're barren like you can when you're blessed? I, I, know, I know that we don't like preaching like this. I don't like it when people get in my face either. Just, I, I'll be honest with you. My flesh says, uh, I, you know, who's that young punk thinks he is? Tell me what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you what I'm preaching tonight with humility and I'm coming to you with a question 
can you live for God in the barrenness? Because I'm going to tell you what right now. I, I, I don't know what 2021 has in store. But I'm going to tell you as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, we're going to see a lot more bad stuff happen. The Bible tells us that that's true. But in the middle of all of that, we're going to see more miracles than we've ever seen before. So my question to you is, where are you going to weigh this out? Have you made up your mind that you're willing to live for him through the barrenness until you get to the blessing? Or are you so shallow that you just want to throw it all away just because one miracle didn't happen the way you thought it should? As we're standing, I look around at some of these elders here that I wish, God, I wish I had half the wisdom that they have. I see some of these gray-haired saints. Young people, can I, can, can I just preach to those that are 40 and below right now, just for a few moments? You want to know how they made it? If, you, if you've been living for God longer than 30 years, raise your hand. You see these hands? Look around it. Longer than 30 years. Brother more, Sister more. You want to know how they made it? I mean, let me, let me just tell you something. If we wrote a, a book about all the bad stuff, nobody would want to buy it after it got out. But it'd be so depressing because bad stuff happens to good people. It's just the truth of how it is. And if all your relationship with God is built up and just recognizing the bad stuff, you're going to be so bitter and angry. That it don't matter how holy, you can't wear your sleeves long enough and your dress long enough and you can't, your hair won't grow long enough. You won't be holy enough to hide that bitterness if all you focus on is the barren season. If all you focus on is the, what happened that I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. They were sick and God didn't heal them. See, here's the deal. Anybody can shout about faith. Because faith is something that we possess. Unto every man is given the measure of faith. Everybody's got faith. Now that's a different than the gift of faith and the measure of faith. And I don't have time to preach about that. But everybody has faith. Whether you realize it or not. But not everybody has trust. Because while faith is something that you possess, trust is something that you do. You can't just live for God by faith. James said it like this, that faith such as the body without the spirit is dead. Faith without works is dead also. Faith without action. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I, I know I'm not preaching to everybody, but I'm, I'm, I'm reaching with everything that I have for somebody that came to church on a Wednesday night. And because of everything that's happened in your life, you've begun to question and say, God, are you even hearing me when I pray? I've come to tell you that if you can just press on a little bit longer through the parentless, there's a blessing at the end. And if you can just recognize that God's in this, I know you can't see how, and I know you can't see where God's in this, but if you can recognize that he does all things well, and he never makes a mistake and he's God and God alone that somewhere in the middle of this service you can you can grab a hold of not just faith but you can grab a hold of trust that says no matter what you do God I'm okay with the outcome if you never bless me with a Samuel it'll be alright I'll just live for you through the barrenness 
as these altars are open, I wonder if there'd be someone in this house tonight that would want to make your way. Why don't we do it like this, everyone that would? Would you make your way to an altar? If you're living in barren seasons, I'm telling you right now that you're at the right place and the right time for the miraculous to take place in your life because God is walking with you through the barren season. Come on. I know you may, you may be living through a divorce. You may be living through bankruptcy and you're praying, God, how can it anything good uh, come out of this but I'm here to tell you saying of God uh, if you can just keep holding on uh, there'll be glory uh, there'll be glory uh, after this storm come on I know they're getting ready to sing but I'm going to tell you what I know after the last time I hear, a lot of you expected us to dance and shout. And hopefully, Brother Moore, I can come back. You'll let me come back at a later date. And we'll dance all over the top of the enemy. But right now, I'm preaching to somebody that's been walking through the wounded season. And you don't know how to make it. It seems like your world is caving in on you. I'm telling you, don't get caught up in the hype of living for God over his stuff. But live for him because he died for you. And when you learn how to do that, everything will work out. Come on, somebody ought to lift your voice right now. Come on, Hannah. There ought to be a cry that comes out of you to where Eli looks at you. He thinks you're mad. I know not everybody's going to get a hold of this tonight. Uh, this ain't for everybody, but this is for a Hannah that's been coming to church, service in and service out, and nothing has changed. Uh, I'm telling you, you ought to lift your voice uh, like Hannah did uh, until there's no words coming out, uh, but the Spirit's making intercession for you with moanings and groanings uh, that cannot be discerned. Come on, the Holy Ghost is wanting to help somebody right now. Come on, Hannah. Let that cry, let that barrenness come out of you. Come on, cry in anguish like Hannah. Let there be a cry out of anguish that if God, you don't move, I'm not going to make it. When you learn how to cry from that place, that's when the man of God comes with a prophetic word. the Holy Ghost is working right now. Why don't you let him work in your life? On somebody you built so many walls because it hadn't happened before. But can I tell you right now is the time to pull down the walls and let God in and let God work.
on. Somebody needs to press in right now. I know it's Wednesday night and you got to go to work tomorrow and you got a lot of stuff going on. But somebody needs to take just a moment and press in. Come on, Hannah, you got to take this moment right now. You might not get another moment like this. This might be the place where your destiny could be changed forever. But you don't pass it by. Don't pass it by, Hannah. Come on, you've got the opportunity to be blessed like no one else has ever been blessed before.
why don't we just join together and bind together here tonight and request and cry out to the Lord that we would rather be preferred and find the favor of God than everything else this world has to offer us. And in this time, the time that we're living in, to, even tonight, God, you help us to be faithful if we've ever been. I told you just a few nights ago, I believe God's going to give revival to some folks and all in the midst of all this, right in the midst of this pandemic and everything that's going on. Government may still be trying to shut everything down and even shut churches down. But I believe, amen, if we'll walk with God and call on the favor of God, the favor can build a wall around you. Favor, amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you get the favor of God, you can't get it like you when you get God's favor. Hallelujah. Man can't give you. Daddy can't give you. Mama can't give you. But I tell you, the favor of God on your behalf. Hallelujah. God help us. Let's pray for it. Right in Bendale, Mississippi. We want the favor of God in this church. We want the favor of God in our community. We want the favor of God in our families. We want the favor of God. Hey, it's just multiplies. So let's pray for it, Lord. We humble ourselves unto you tonight. We know where our favor comes from. We know where our blessings come from. We want to be faithful, God, in the world and the time that we're in. We want to be the generation you want us to be. We want to walk, God, amen, through those valleys. We want to walk through those desert times. We want to be faithful, God, to the house of God to the worshiping of you. Help us Lord that we could find your favor. That we'd rather be preferred. Hallelujah. We would try to work it out with our own might and power. But by faith God and confidence in you and your word and the man of God and the voice of God tonight. He would ignite God the revival in our hearts. He would ignite revival in our spirits, our minds. Hallelujah. You're the Holy Ghost giver. You're the keeler of our bodies. You're the girder up of our minds and our spirits. You God, you're alone. And we give you the glory and the praise for our tonight. As you pour out your favor upon us in this church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a lot of things to pursue out there. I pray, I pray, I pray for these young people. Amen. Tonight is something night in them. But you know what? I'm going to seek the favor of God above everything else. Oh, you still got to get a career and you got to do jobs and things of this nature. But amen. I want the favor of God. Where I'm going, whatever I'm doing, Lord, I want you right in the middle of it. I want you to order the footsteps. Because I want your favor, amen. I want my neighbor to know, hey, that's a favor of God. We want to acknowledge him in all of our ways. Not just, not just when we're up. We want to acknowledge him in all of our ways. Hallelujah. If we'll do that, you know what? Hallelujah. He won't never leave us nor forsake us. And we promise that in the word of God. Hallelujah. So we, we love this God. We worship this God. Hallelujah. I still believe we want to still be a Christian nation. Hallelujah. And a Holy Ghost filled Christian too. Not just one confession, but I'm talking about Holy Ghost filled, anointed, amen, by the Holy Ghost and the power of God that endued power. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Hey, I still believe that, regardless of what it looks like and sounds like tonight. Greater, greater, amen. He's sitting on the circle of the earth. He's a lifter of my soul. He's a bishop of my soul. That means he's the overseer of my soul. Without waver of doubt in my spirit of heart tonight, God's intent us to make heaven hallelujah God's intent for us to have revival and win others I'm believing that tonight praise God love you tonight brother that was awesome my my that was food for the soul here tonight I promise you thank you for taking time to come and be with us and to preach it with us hallelujah and the door's still open first chance he's promised me first chance he gets amen so Hallelujah, we're just believing. Hallelujah, we, we're, we're looking for it, folks. I'm expecting, we, we're reaching for it. I'll tell you right now, it's in my mind, my, my heart, my spirit. Hallelujah, it's here. 
Hallelujah. We're going to, we're going to see it. Love you. Appreciate this good church. Appreciate each one of you, your faithfulness and commitment and dedication. Come in even on Wednesday nights. And God bless you. We do love you and appreciate you. Praying for you. You pray for us. We're going to win. We're on the winning side. You hear me? Hallelujah. We're on the winning side. I'm not looking to change sides. I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah. I can experience the best thing that happened on this earth. Amen. And that's a baptism of the Holy Ghost, a revelation of Jesus Christ. I thank God for the revelation. Thank God opened my eyes. Hallelujah. That we can see this great truth and know who he is. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. I'm just going to let you be dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.